it is time for our spotlight, dividend stocks, and the outperformance we've seen in this group this year. Joining me right now to discuss this, Dan Lefkowitz, strategist with Morningstar's Index Group. Thanks for being here. So dividend payers were always our parents' favorites, um, and they still seem to really show a good showing in relation to everything else, right? That's right, Nicole. Uh, one of the big surprises that we've really seen this year, and you know, this is a year in which investment performance has really challenged the conventional wisdom and some of these rules of thumb that, that we've been taught. So we've seen stocks and bonds fall in lockstep, even though in past bear markets, uh, bonds have been a safe haven asset uh, during you know um, equity bear markets. Uh, dividend payers have done really well this year as a group, um, despite interest rates rising really steeply. Uh, I was taught years ago that rising rates are bad for dividend payers because they raise yields on bonds and cash, and they make equity income less attractive. Uh, they raise the debt servicing burden for the kind of you know leveraged telecom and industrials and consumer companies that also tend to pay dividends. But we've seen a huge differential between the dividend-paying section of the market this year and the broad equity market, growth stocks have really led the market down. Uh, we've been told that you know the rising interest rates are bad for growth stocks. They devalue their long-dated earnings. Uh, that's certainly at odds with again what I was taught, you know, which is that rising rates are, are bad for dividend payers. And you said at this point now that it's somewhat mixed. The link between dividend payers and rates is now unclear. Yeah, that's that's right. So we've we've looked at the historical record, you know, going back decades, and we see that the link between interest rates and dividend-paying stocks is kind of murky. Uh, there's no real strong link, you know. Certain periods, like the late 70s, early 80s, we did see uh, dividend payers underperform the market. Um, the dark blue line. Uh, shows the relative performance of dividend payers versus the broad U.S. equity market um, when interest rates were rising. But then we've seen plenty of periods like the late 90s, the Fed was cutting, but dividend payers underperformed really dramatically because the market in the late 90s didn't want dividends. It didn't even want earnings. Uh, then a few years later, we saw the Fed uh, raising rates uh, aggressively 2004 to 2006, but dividend paying stocks uh, outperformed really dramatically. Financial services were in vogue at the time and energy and basic materials. It was, it was a commodity super cycle. So um, we really see that this uh, kind of conventional wisdom and rule of thumb that rising rates are bad for dividend payers is flawed. Right, understood. So when we look at these charts, um, just historically, anything else that you wanted to add before I get to some of the names, um, some of the picks that you think we should consider? Yeah, well, uh, one thing that that chart does show, uh, Nicole, is that dividend payers have outperformed the market over time. Uh, as you said, you know, it's kind of they're kind of uh, considered to be favorites for parents, you know, widows and orphans, and they tend to be boring uh, kinds of stocks and sometimes dismissed as, you know, lacking uh, growth opportunities that, you know, where uh, capital can be reinvested. No one kind of brags at a cocktail party that uh, American Electric Power, you know, increased its dividend by five cents a share. Share. Uh, these aren't sexy names, but boring has been beautiful over time. Uh, dividend payers tend to be sturdier than average businesses uh, that have the wherewithal to return some cash to shareholders. Uh, that dividend commitment uh, focuses the minds of corporate managers to steer a steady ship. Uh, this is the outperformance that we've seen of the Morningstar dividend yield focus index versus the broad market. It's in positive territory for the year to date, even though the broad uh, U.S. equity market is down more than 21%. Um, but again. Uh, 
uh, over the long term, we've seen dividend payers as a really good way to participate in equity markets, not just for income, but also for total return. Yeah, and what's this on the dividend cuts? Um, historically, we always like those aristocrats, 25 years, they raise the dividend, yeah. keep or raise the dividend. Right. Um, what's this about dividend cuts? Yeah, well, uh, dividend durability is an important risk that investors need to consider um, whether a company has the ability to sustain its payout over time. There are a lot of dividend traps out there. You know, if you look at the stocks with the highest yields in the market, that can lure inv an investor into risky names and risky uh, industries. Um, so you have to be uh, cognizant of a company's, you know, ability to sustain its profitability, its uh, financial health. Uh, these are collective of companies um, in recent years that used to be dividend champions uh, until they weren't, uh, until they cut their dividends. Shell, I'll just mention, you know, they had a track record of paying a regular dividend going back to World War II before they cut in 2020. Uh, Bank of America cut during the financial crisis 2009. They had a decades-long track record. So just looking at a dividend, uh, dividend history, uh, track record of paying out a dividend or dividend growth uh, doesn't necessarily tell you whether a company can sustain its uh, dividend going forward. So lots of companies out there have right. reduced, suspended, eliminated uh, their dividends. Right. I mean, it's more likely than not that they'll continue paying the dividend when they're a dividend aristocrat. You have uh, five names here, Verizon, Truist, Duke, 3M, Medtronic. Tell me about these names and why they jump out at you. Are they yeah, uh, should are be on people's radar for investing? These are all constituents of that Morningstar Dividend Yield Focus uh, Index that I mentioned. These are all companies that have uh, what we call economic moats around their uh, businesses, so a competitive advantage that should allow them to sustain profitability, and a company that can sustain profitability should be able to continue its payout. Um, they're all companies that are stocks that we think are trading at attractive valuations, so discounts to their uh, intrinsic value, and they're paying a nice, a nice uh, dividend yield. So uh, they're good from an income as well as a total return perspective. Yeah, understood. I mean, are there some that jump out at you more than others based on how much they pay in dividends? Well, Verizon, I think, had the highest yield on the on the list. Uh, Verizon's a company that has been punished um, in recent months, um, but we think that it has a solid long-term position. Uh, we think that that uh, wireless market is really settling into uh, sort of a you know oligopoly, the big three, um, and we see this company with a really strong market position. It benefits from economic moat sources like a cost advantage uh, and efficient scale. So we think that this is a company that could sustain its payout going forward and is a good bet for dividend investors. Yeah, good to see you, Dan. Thank you for all of that. Great charts and statistics. We appreciate it. Dan Lefkowitz, strategist with Morningstar's Index Group. Thanks, Dan.